dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. Father Michael, uh, today is Mother Natalia's episode, and she is going to be talking about some of her frustrations with our society, with our culture. Um, we actually only get to one of them, but I think it is a really good conversation. Um, we, she talks about how everything, uh, quoting Luke and other places in the gospel, that everything will be brought to light and how we need to live our lives accordingly um, to that understanding that not only will everything be brought to light, but it already is for Christ, who, who of course sees all things and who we can speak to in secret, but also uh, understands our humanity, but also sees everything that we do. We then get into uh, how those who witness our faith externally, like those of us who wear clerics and those of us who wear habits, those of us who wear crosses, how we are an example of Christ in the world, but we are also an example of the humanity of the Christian and how the Christian can be uh, normal or, or a, a attractive member of society um, as they engage with normal society as well. And also, um, Mother Natalia says that I'm shaped like a traffic cone. <laughs> upside down traffic. Actually, I say I'm shaped like an upside down traffic cone and she laughs. So she didn't say it, but she laughed. She rarely laughs at me. You know that, but she laughs at that. So actually, she laughs a lot at that. If you're a hashtag banter hater, you can skip all the way ahead to seven minutes and 45 seconds. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. We are recording so far ahead like we're never this far ahead well that means i'm going to go to relax as i'm in the holy land and not worry about it would you have <laughs> worried about it add oh <laughs> <laughs> would you have worried about it i think you would have just relaxed and enjoyed it anyways you're oh like, yeah yeah i mean you you would have worried about it exactly you, you would have had to like find people on the street hey do you want to record a random podcast hey amish person <laughs> Riding by, we need we need a podcast because Father Michael's on another country, not thinking about this at all. Oh, I thought you Can meant you I would have worried about it, like if the roles were reversed, because that's also true. Oh, uh, oh, I see. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is Father Michael. As as often as I as often as I tease you about this, I really really admire this in you. Like, <laughs> I think it's actually just a way in which you're so much holier than me. Of, and I know I've said this a thousand times, but it's like. It's totally ridiculous, the things that I worry about and the fact that I allow the things to not let me enjoy the present moment and to encounter God in the present moment. I've done a thousand episodes on this because I'm so bad at it. I just want to suggest, though, that it's not holiness, but rather (laughs) just temperament. Maybe. Which is, I know holiness is a gift. I get that. But this is is like a gift just to... This is a gift in another way because I actually think that I, I mean a lot of people say that to me even when on my old podcast like Andrea Polito used to say it all like she would get she would get mad at me like mad that 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 I that was just the way that my brain worked um, and it was because she was jealous I mean it, it wasn't it wasn't like she's mad at me but she was she was jealous but um, but I I think that that's the hand I've been dealt and therefore. I need to see in it opportunity for conversion and change, mm-hmm. and I need to see in it the cross and things like that. Um, that that all of y'all, especially the women in my life, um, are, are very able and willing to point out to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's just women pointed out more frequently, like Father Nathan, my assistant, uh, for another three weeks. Um, he 
Like he's pointed it at things. He's few gone things out by the me. time this comes out, right? He is. He's now the wow. he's now the administrator in Las Vegas at Our Lady of Wisdom. Um, when this comes out, uh, is it right? Yeah, I mean July first is his start date. Oh, this so. comes out the June 29th. Okay, so he'll be there. Mm-hmm. He's 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 going there a week ahead. Um, but yeah, so just a couple of days before. So, um, but yeah, so I, but I mean, he he's like pointed out. He'll like send me reminder texts. Like I know you know you promised you'd do this today. Remember because I'm sure your brain is on whatever is right in front of you right now, which could be anything from a a deep involved project for the eparchy or just the person sitting across from their coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And their pet dog, you know. So it's, <laughs> it's 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 things like that that that. So I I I, comm- I appreciate people's patience with me in that way. Hmm. Yeah, I think our I don't know. There are just times when, especially when you and I are together, like especially that time when I was stuck in LA for a couple of weeks because you got COVID and mm-hmm. um, and we had a lot of time together, even more than usual after you were out of quarantine. And I was just like, mm-hmm. there were so many things that I was like, we are just so very different. <laughs> so, so, so very different. And I love that because it keeps our friendship interesting. <laughs> one thing, one thing that it does do is it does help me remain like happy on the surface a lot. Yeah. And and deep, but I, I think the deeper happiness is is a different grace of God. Um, but even the surface happiness, which I know has a lot to do with the deeper happiness, but also contributes to it. Um, but still, that that's that that's what I do realize is that on a lot of people stress out or worry more of the day than I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember having a conversation with you. Actually, we've had this conversation many times where I was. I was stressed because I was sure that someone was upset with me and uh, they were mad that I had done this thing. And you're like, well, have they told you that they're upset with you? Have they told you that they're mad at you for doing this thing? And I'm like, no, but I just, I know because that's got to be what they're upset about. And you're like, I just don't understand. I just always (laughs) assume that nobody's upset with me until they say they are. And I'm like, that is not my life. (laughs) But that's probably the happier way to live. (laughs) But, you know, I was, I was, so I was sitting with two of my friends. I may have shared a little bit this last time, but um, two of my friends here in LA are are Jamaican. And so I learned all these little Jamaican phrases. So the one I learned most recently was bad mind. And bad mind is, is like a, I think I'm, did I share this before? No. I don't know. Anyway, bad mind is like if someone is just in a bad mood or or thinking or will not forgive somebody, they're resentful, they're they're doing like road rage was the example that we used directly. Like road rage is just bad mind, which I, I love that term. It just is so simple. Like just bad mind. Like that right now they have bad mind. Um and so I was telling the story about, um, and she wouldn't mind me naming her, but Tanya Cangelosi was was driving with me and and somebody cut us off and I was driving and she's just in the passenger seat and she starts like getting very mad at them, like arms flailing, like pointing, screaming. And I look up and, and I see that there's no rear view mirror in the car. So I like, it's just missing. It's an old uh-huh. dumpy car. That's, so I was like, Tanya, like they can't even see you. <laughs> like they obviously can't hear you. They can't see you because there's no rear view mirror. Like the only person that you're hurting right now is yourself, you know? And, and I think that's, that's kind of what that's like. It's like the car in front of us has no rearview mirror. So we get mad, we get resentful. And these two, these two Jamaican friends, Lyric and Rob, like they, 
they absolutely, I was telling a story about me getting hurt. I and saw I Lyric asked, one time. He came to the, he came to the parish when I, <laughs> you did? He came to the parish when I was FaceTiming you. You're like, this is my new friend Lyric. Oh yes. That was on Pasca. Yeah. Yes. He, 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 and yeah, he came on Pasca. Yeah, that's right. You um, did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? You weren't here. Um, but anyway, yeah, that makes sense. FaceTiming. Um, but, but I, and I, I think that's kind of what it's like when we worry that someone's mad at us or when we, you know, and again, they'll probably get over it. And if they don't, you know, that that's kind of on them. I can't believe actually I'm thinking that way. That, that didn't used to be the way I was like, I would go out of my way to try to make sure somebody liked me, felt mm-hmm. good, was, was going well in life. But anyway, it, it, it is true that, that if you, if you always assume the best, and again, that's not something I've worked on. It's just something that's in my temperament. You you assume someone loves you until they say they don't. You assume someone's okay with you until they say they're not. You know, it's like th- th- it does it does have a certain happiness to it that is probably an ignorance is bliss type happiness. Um, but I I don't I have not found it to be debilitating yet, and I'm 44 years old. Hmm. Well. I'm yeah. I mean, it certainly is a happier way to live. Uh, this is I'm 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 being serious right now. I, I oh I know I know. I'm not trying to like mock or anything like that. Uh, but that's actually a really good tie-in to my topic because I there is something about like this is your natural temperament, and there's something about just like the times that I'm very frustrated with you because of your temperament, I've learned to kind of look at myself in those times and be like, what's actually frustrating me here? <laughs> and mm. and more often than, I mean, sometimes it's like, Father Michael, you said you're going to do the thing, do the thing. But other times it's very much a, um, overwhelmingly the majority of the time, it's a reflection on something that's broken in me. And my frustration is just a mirror for me, right? And so... Uh, it's good for me to experience because even when this isn't your intention, like you're just living your life, even when it's not your intention, I'm learning something from that um, because that's just like God uses all the things. And um, so what I want to talk about is there, there are several things that I've been reflecting on recently of Things that I'm noticing in our culture, in our society, that I find very frustrating, that I think we Christians can actually learn from and grow in and kind of counteract, I guess, um, or maybe not even counteract, but maybe transcend is the better um, the better word. So. Uh, the reason this topic came to mind, I was just going to do a Q&A today, which I'm really sorry for people who have sent in questions because we haven't had a Q&A episode in a long time. But uh, And then after Q&A, I was like, no, I should do a Saint of the Day because when does this happen, which I'm not doing a Saint of the Day, spoiler, so sorry, everybody. But when does it happen that it's okay? I'm going to tell you. I was about to tell you actually. You didn't even have to just out yourself. Um, <laughs> but how frequently does it happen that we have a big saint on the day we're recording and the day it's being released? Because um, usually when we do saints uh. of the day, we kind of pick which one. You know, we're gonna like mm-hmm. if we have a cool saint that day, or there's gonna be a cool saint when it comes out. But today is the feast of Saints Constantine and Helena. Nice. And then June 29th, when this comes out, is the feast of Saints Peter and Paul. By the way, I want to public, uh, publicly apologize to all the non-cool saints. Um, 
since mother <laughs> said the the cool ones. Um, just because she doesn't think you're cool doesn't mean you're not cool. And I want to affirm you in your coolness, even if it's not generally realized. Thank you, Father Michael. The saints were feeling you're very welcome. insecure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I tease mother about that because when she talks about... Um, and she falls for it every time. Like she always forgets that this is where I'm going for it with it. But uh, when she talks about how how stressful it can be to to choose our name, um, like we, you know, when we're tantrid, we I've talked about this before, oh, but we submit three names, um, and we're named after a saint that we'd like to emulate, and um, and we give the reasons why and stuff. But then she can choose one of the three, or she can choose one that's not on the list. But she's she talks about like how it's just such a big responsibility because she wants to make sure she picks the right one. And and I always then chime in like, yeah, mother, because you wouldn't want to pick the saint that would be bad for them to emulate. And she's like, exactly. And then she's like, no, that's not. Um. So anyways, that's basically what I just did. So uh, true story. Okay, so those were, I don't know why I felt the need to say the, uh, the recordings that I decided to not do, but those were the ones that I decided <laughs> to not do. And instead, I'm doing this one because I was at an ordination this morning. So shout out to um, Father Joe Mankhouse. There were a couple other guys ordained as well. Uh, he's just the one that I know the best. Um, but um, at this ordination there were a few things that kind of added to these reflections I've already been having about frustrations in our culture. And I guess I'd like to give the general disclaimer of, as I share these frustrations, I want everyone to realize that I absolutely participate in these things and I feed into these things. And especially before I lived in the monastery, when I had much greater quote unquote freedom, um, like the secular kind of freedom, I, lived by all of these things. So I'm not trying to say this in a way that's very judgmental or very like finger wagging or anything like that. Uh, I give that preface because we had the podcast recently in which I shared that like, I found out that people often think that I'm being condescending or I'm being judgmental. And I'm like, I'm not trying to do that. That's just how my voice sounds because (laughs) 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 because there is no guile. Anyways, um, so there's that. So the first thing that really struck me was the bishop. So Bishop Molesic is the bishop of the Diocese of Cleveland and um, really beautiful man. Just like every time I'm, I'm really struck by his humility every time I encounter him and his, he's a very good homilist. Um, like he has a really good balance, I think in his homilies of, he's engaging, but he's also conveying very real messages. You know, it's not just, um, you know, some of the most engaging homilies are just like fluff or whatever. And that's not how, how he preaches. So in his homily, there's, um, there was this thing that he said about, He's he's giving advice to these newly ordained priests and or the priests who are about to be ordained at that point. They're ordained after the homily. And one of the things he says is be careful of like <laughs> anything that you do. Um, there can be pictures and there can be recordings and there can be videos and they'll be posted online in a second. You know, and and 
a lot of people laughed at this, and I don't know whether or not he meant it to be a joke, but um, but a lot of people laughed at it as like, oh, haha, you know, it's just like anything you do can be recorded these days. And I understood the laughter, but at the same time, I was like, this is very true. <laughs> of you know, there's there's just so much more put out there these days on social media um, and all over the internet that's, um, it's just, it's not a natural thing for everyone to have the amount of information about other people that they do, right? And like, I've even, this has been very weird for me, like being, since we've started the podcast and things like that. By the way, on our last episode, we forgot to mention that or a few episodes ago, actually, that it was the two-year anniversary of the podcast. So that's yay. fun. Yay, us. And yay, listeners. And um, anyways, it's just it's just a bizarre thing in our society today that so much of what we do um, can be known by so many people so quickly. Uh, and oftentimes without us even wanting it to be known. And... One of the things that I got from that, though, is I was like, you know, as strange as this is and as unnatural as it is and in many, many ways and at many, many times as unhealthy as this is, it's actually conveying a reality that we often don't acknowledge, which is that none of the things that we do are actually a secret. And so it's in some sense breaking this illusion that we can do things that aren't seen. Mm -hmm. And so that was just like something that I realized was there's this, this is often a frustration to me that so many people can know so much um, that they maybe shouldn't. That's just like prying into people's lives. Uh, And, and I do still think that it's like often an invasion of privacy and things, but it's also this reminder it's this this tangible manifestation of an invisible reality that everything that we see, everything that we do is actually seen by someone, by the one, you know, and eventually yeah. by everyone. <laughs> and I, I think this is the beauty of, I've shared this before as well, but the beauty of praying forgiveness vespers, which is how we start out the great fast each year. And everyone at the service asks forgiveness of one another. For, um, for the ways that we've hurt each other. And this is, for me, the beauty of praying forgiveness vespers with total strangers, uh, which you know often happens that at forgiveness vespers, like this just happens to be the first time someone comes to the church and they're like, what am I doing here? This is crazy. <laughs> yep. And because it does feel very strange, it feels very awkward to be asking forgiveness from this total stranger. But again, it actually is conveying this, this truth that, every sin I commit harms every other person. <laughs> and so I, I've hurt this person, whether they know it or not. And, and so it's good to ask forgiveness. So I think that this is just one of the ways that it's a reminder that everything that we do is seen. Um, I have a little bit more on that, but if you want to interject anything. Yeah, I, just, I, was, I was recalling, I looked it up, Luke 12, um, 
Jesus says, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, that is their hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered. Nothing secret that will not become known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. Whatever you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed from the housetops. Um, this is also why in our, in our mystery of confession, mystery of penance, why we, again, there's different introductions from the different traditions, but um, you know, we say, I confess to Almighty God, one of the Holy Trinity, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, some say all the angels and to you, Father, my sins. I like it. I was to, to, we, we're, we're confessing to everybody. And like you said, it, it affects the entire body of Christ. And I think that's really, really important to understand. And this is why, as we've said before, when we go to confession, we, we confess our sin to that priest because we hurt that priest mm -hmm. because that priest is part of the body of Christ. So it's, it's actually when the Bible says to confess our sins to one another, it makes sense. We should especially confess our sins to the one we hurt. And when we do sin, we hurt the entire body of Christ because we are a member of it. And therefore we have hurt that priest who's also a member of that body of Christ and everybody else. Um, but I, I do think that I've, I've still yet to see a really good Byzantine examination of conscience. Mm. Like we kind of dig up the focus one is really, really good. Like the uh, global point of that, Father Nathan Goble pointed out to me. Like the, but I, I oftentimes think like, how do we guide people? And I think this is up to spiritual fathers in one sense to guide people to make a good confession. Um, but I do think that in addition to this general idea that you just said that we, we've, we've hurt everybody when we sin, um, and and all of this will be brought to light. I think too the the way that we confess that the way that we can confess the specifics um, is actually it's helpful to think you know about the the specific people that I have hurt anybody that we have gotten mad at um, in road rage anybody we've gotten mad at for any situation anybody that we've gossiped about um, like it's good to confess those things specifically mm -hmm. like. Like, you know, I, I had road rage and and I remember this example of this guy in a, a yellow car who cut me off and I just, I got mad at them. So like uh, my penance is probably going to be, I often I'm give penances like this, oriented towards that guy. We'll pray in our father for that guy, you know. Um, the same thing with gossip, you know, I gossip about this person. Okay, we'll pray specifically for them as part of your penance. Um, you know, I, I, I looked at pornography. Okay, well, well, pray for anybody, don't, I always say, like, don't <laughs> recall images, yeah. um, but but pray for anybody involved in that 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 um, part of our society. Like, like at, oh, I'm trying. What's the word that? Um, uh, in, not institution. The anyway, whatever. I, I, I pray for anybody involved in pornography, making it, acting in it, distributing it, looking at it, like all these things. So, I'm sorry. Production. Yeah, I'm thinking of something else like what, like the well, what, like what job? What's your career field? I'm in the whatever of industry of pornography industry. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> industry. Anybody in the industry? Um, so, in other words, the, the, it's good to say I have these general sins of anger, of pride that comes out in gossip. I have, you know, of lust that comes out in in pornography use. Um, and it, it's good when we confess those general things. Then to say I actually hurt individuals as well mm -hmm. and to actually recall those to mind in the confession and then hopefully the priest can give a penance then based upon those individuals and if not just like, like take that anyway you know pr pray pray for those who you have hurt directly and for the in entire church um as well yeah uh i i think that can just be a reminder for us though that 
Because like there there are certain things that we just wouldn't do if we knew someone was watching, right? And yeah. like if we knew something was being recorded. And and I don't mean there are of course like things that are not bad that you would only do if someone else was wasn't watching. You know, like my prayer is more intimate when someone else isn't watching and things like that. So I'm I'm obviously not talking about those things, but but there are certain things that that I know this isn't okay for me to do, but because no one's watching, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just a good reminder that that these things are all seen. You know, one of the other things that the that Bishop Malesic said in his homily was he said that these these priests are called to um, to imitate Christ all the time, <laughs> all the time. And he said, you know, um, like even when you're on vacation and even when it's your day off. And again, everyone, la- not everyone, a lot of people in the church laughed at that. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand the laughter because, and, and I'm sure the bishop was saying it for, to get a chuckle, you know, um, like, yeah, even when you're on your vacation, but but it's also so true. <laughs> like, this is why you, I'm <laughs> I'm not saying this to be ironic right now, Father Michael, but this is why I very much admire that you are almost always in like priestly attire, either in your- Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, but they don't know that. I am not, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, I, no, I, I'm the one that said it. Yeah. You didn't, um, you never would have known. <laughs> so I, that wasn't why I'm saying this. Like it's, it's why I- it's, Georgia it's one scandalized. Of, <laughs> it's one of the reasons Georgia, again, for those who don't usually listen, is Father Michael's <laughs> snake. <laughs> um, She's the only other one in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can see you and I'm scandalized. I'm not actually scandalized, but my point is, um, it's one of the reasons I so appreciate that you are almost always wearing either a collar or your cassock or something like that, because it's it's not just, and I've said this time and time again about like wearing the habit, um, you know, people, it's it's a common question of like, are there times I don't wear my habit or um, are there times that I wish I wasn't wearing my habit or something? And it's just like, no, not even, not even close, just never. And I, I realize that sounds crazy because it means that there are times that I'm really tired and I'm like content just zoning out on the plane, but actually this person sees that I'm a nun and so they want to talk to me. But even in those moments, I don't wish I wasn't wearing my habit. Um, and because it, it's just this this opportunity for for encounter that I otherwise maybe wouldn't have had. But my, my point in this is that like the habit is not just, or the, the collar or, or whatever it is, it's not just a witness to the other people. It's a reminder to us. It's a reminder. It's a reminder to us. Like when I'm out in public and I'm in my habit, it is a constant reminder to me that what I'm doing right now, people see me as the Catholic church and they see me oftentimes as Christ. And so what I'm doing right now needs to, to be representative of that. And um, it's not, always right like because 
I sin, <laughs> but, uh, but it's just a, a good reminder. And, um, you know, I was also moved by this. I'll just um, finish the thought with this. The bishop also said, like, he, he commented on how the men, these newly ordained priests, or the priests who at the time were about to be ordained, um, men who were about to be ordained priests, they, he was like, you're going to have to smile a lot. And, and he wasn't joking. Like, he's just like, that's, that's part of it. And I was, I was remembering that in our Tipicon, it says that the habit is not only the clothing that we wear, but it's our disposition. It's our smile. It's things like that. Um, And because, because we're really called to imitate Christ in, in all of these ways. And there's, there's no time at which I think we're supposed to relax that. You know, there's, there's no time at which, and, and we're supposed to relax. Of course, we're supposed to rest. Uh, we don't have to be preaching all the time. We don't have to be giving spiritual guidance all the time, but we really need to be striving for the rest of our lives to have less and less and less and less time in which we are not acting as Christ, because ideally we're, we're aiming for total union with him and total imitation of him. Yes, and, and, and every, every human is. And I think that, that we can also be a witness to that. Like if you're wearing a, a cross around, a lay person wearing a cross around their neck, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a, a girl that showed up to church on Sunday I met, saw her out at a ramen place and she was wearing a big Orthodox cross around her neck because she's an Orthodox catechumen and she's you know, serving ramen. And it was, it was, I thought, man, there's a bravery. And she was like probably, you know, 19 years old, you know, th- th- there's a bravery um, to that that is beautiful because it's not only true that people will be looking looking to us for a positive example of who Jesus is, but they'll be they'll be looking and scouring us for an excuse to hate the church more. Mm-hmm. And so so anything that we do that they could in that they could interpret as wrong or unchristian, um, many people will be looking for for those excuses. I think on the other hand, um, you know, I hear a lot and I, I thank these people for saying that, but they'll say, Father, come over, wear wear your normal clothes, have a beer, watch football, you know, to take 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 some take some time off. Um, you know, you you don't need to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I commend them for saying that. Um, but at the same time, it's what you said. All of us need to be understanding that that me coming to watch football and have a beer with you. Is not you can still imitate Jesus in that right exactly yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's actually part and that's even a part of my priesthood yeah like what well, one of the things I think that that the church has the clericalism in the church has has exalted priests this place where they've had to but they've not had to they've been tempted to lead double lives mm-hmm. you know a one life of saying well now I'm a priest and now I put on this mask of 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 you know doing all priestly things and then I turn that off and then when I turn that off and but that that turning it off it, it, the devil gets in there and leads you know tempts towards further sin so I actually think there is something I don't know how often it happens with me where I'll be sitting in the bar having a drink and 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 people will be like you know oh my gosh I've never seen a priest drink or I've never seen a priest in a bar it's it's like I think we're actually doing a service to the nation to show like my humanity and my priesthood are one mm-hmm. like it doesn't change i don't switch back and forth and and you we people need to see more nuns and priests 
being human and that does not take away from the fact that they're a nun or a priest mm -hmm. um, it just means that nuns and priests are human and I think that right there can start whittling away at some of the the clericalism that clerics feel but also at some of the clericalism that that some people need I mean there was this big thing a couple of years ago where you know somebody said you know you should a lay person said you should have no priests as friends like in other words they're supposed to only have priest friends you're only supposed to have lay, lay people friends and and the priest in other words he was he was putting on a pedestal priests and i just thought you're gonna fall like that's why you're so scandalized this is somebody on social media this is why you're so scandalized every time a priest does anything slightly human because you, you don't see the two as, as being together mm -hmm. um and so I, I think we can actually wearing our our habits and our clerics our cassocks out into the world can actually be be a service in multiple ways we can we can like bring christ to the people in a way that they didn't expect or the way that is good but we can also bring our humanity to the people mm -hmm. and, and and help them to understand that a priest and a nun is also a human being and the two go together and we make mistakes and we're striving for holiness um while at the same time having this separated vocation as well mm -hmm. especially in our celibacy yeah and and that's something that um i i really like that you made the point of, because I wanted to get to this and it somehow just slipped my mind, uh, which is bad because it's a really important point, that that yes, the priests and the nuns and the brothers, like we should witness to this, but it's what we're all called to. We're all called to imitate Christ at all times. And and that's why I point out this this concept of you are always being watched. You are always being seen. Maybe seen is better than watched. And also I don't mean in like a, like, Mm, mentally unstable sort of way if you're always being watched. I mean, like God sees all these things and priest, nun, lay person, consecrated virgin, just, you know, all of us are called to imitate him constantly. And I, I do like the idea of wearing a crucifix or something for that reason. Um, and, or, you know, I know people who, um, like have a tattoo of the cross or something like that and that they got that when they were a lay person for the sake of remembering to walk in the way of the cross and remembering that they're a Christian. And there's, um, there's something to that and there's something to having good Christian friends to hold you accountable for those things. And I don't, I'm, I'm not by any means saying that you should only have Christian friends, but I'm saying like, we do need support in this. And it's why, again, I talked about this before too, but it's why I really appreciate when priests still call each other father, or I really appreciate that my, even my family for the most part, call me mother Natalia, you know, because, or, or in, within the community, like, I never call Mother Gabriella just Gabriella. In fact, that's very weird. Um, always we use the title and it's it's not out of some sort of clericalism that I like that priests call each other father. It's not out of some sort of, it's the fact that like, this is actually a reminder of who you are called to be, you know? And I think that when when priests get together and it's just priests and you are just watching football and having a beer or something like that, like that can be good and beautiful and edifying. And I think it's at least a reminder to keep it that way when you're calling each other father. Um, as opposed to just like, 
okay, I'm taking off the collar right now. And now I don't have to be a priest. You know, it's like, it's everything that you're saying. Um, And again, I want to be very clear. I understand when priests don't do that. And when um, I understand that side of it too, I'm saying that's what I find beautiful and kind of above and beyond when priests do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I one thing I found related to this as well that that um, I think there's always a, a debate going on in people's heads, and this is a good thing in general. Um, when I when I hang out with my non-religious friends, mm-hmm. I they in their head they are just hanging out with uh, Michael mm-hmm. because. Um, that they don't care that I'm a priest. They they, have, they they do not care for for to them. This is my career, and, and and I think that's one side of their brain. That's the impression I get telling them that. But I I am always still a priest mm-hmm. in their head. Like like that they 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 cannot get away from that. And I and I, I see that. And I think there's some people are feel very honored by that that they have a priest who's a friend. Um, but but they also um they're also going to behave a little bit differently. Um, and maybe, maybe even like. Intentionally not behave differently. Um, I've I've certainly had that as well with like you know uh, cursing and you know uh, marijuana use and things like that where they they kind of force like oh well, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say things like um, I'm I'm at a party and oh I'm gonna go ahead and you know hand out edibles at this party and I'm gonna offer one to Father Michael as if as as if like that's that's the fun fair thing to do you know. Um, Whereas they know I'm not going to take it, you know, and and things like that, or or there's the the cursing. That's the, probably the biggest one. The cursing where they, I think they'd be actually be scandalized if I cursed. I, I think they they would be like the, it would feel the oh my peer pressure worked. You know, I got I got a priest to curse. There'd be kind of that thing. But, but I also think that there would be something deep down that was kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. And I, I've certainly experienced that before in in even when I was before I was a priest. Um, but but th- there there is that that very interesting balance between the the reality of being celibate, being a priest, being a nun, um, that, that the world is still reacting to in different ways. Um, sometimes maliciously, sometimes, you know, they're very honored. Um, and it's, it's an interesting thing. I had a, an experience I'll share real quick. Um, and one thing I've realized is that when I wear my collar, usually almost always I wear it open and that's for various reasons, practical and, and, uh, evangelical and spiritual. Um, but, but what I realized is that when I walk, <laughs> this in, is I just realized that we've talked about how there are so many things in the liturgy that like started for some sort of practical purpose and a theological reason yeah. was later assigned. Yep. And I feel like that's yep. what happened with your collar. Yep. Like it, it started practical, and then later you're like, "But here's the theological." Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I what like happened. that. It was very, it was very practical. My my neck is too big for the rest of my body, and uh, and so like I I if I it's if not I too get big a black for your head. Thank you also well, no, my head. head is way too big for the rest of my body, and it kind of it kind of amplifies as you go up. Um, so my 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 legs are little chicken legs, and like I, as as, I, as you go up to my head, it's like wow, what's wrong with anyway? Um, yeah. <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true. Um, I'm not. I'm not like, being falsely humble. It's absolutely how I look, like an upside down orange cone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, please keep telling um, your story. 
So, so I wear my, my collar open, therefore, because it started out just like, man, these collars, if I get a collar, that, if I get a shirt that fits my neck, you know, the, the, the part that goes around my torso is like three times too big. And, and <laughs> that makes it look even worse. So I just get ones that generally fit my torso and keep the, keep the collar open. Um, but then I realized that, yeah, that, that actually sparks conversation when I'm out in public um, because people will ask, are you a priest? And so I, I acknowledge if I walk into a, a bar or a, a restaurant or a grocery store or a coffee shop, um, there are a lot of people there that will look right at me and not know I'm a priest. Whereas if I had a shut, they would. Um, so I acknowledge that this this is the case, and it's actually served my my evangel evangelizing purposes very very well. But um, I was coming from somewhere last week, and I was in Santa Paula, which is the city where our new church is. And I was wearing my cassock, and I was driving, and I had some time, and I saw a, a farmers market. And I was like, oh, local farmers market. I'm going to go out and buy something to eat and drink and just, you know, let the neighbors see me because they'll probably be seeing a lot more of me. So I get out and I wear my Did cassock. Did you bring home flowers for Allie or something? Uh, they didn't have any flowers. Oh. I brought home juice and actually that was it. Uh-huh. Um, I got, I guess it was, it was like maybe 10 booths. Okay. It, it, was, it wasn't, it was a very Santa Paula, tiny Santa Paula thing. But um so I, I walk up and and I'm thinking to myself like this is so much different than if I was just in my call in my blacks with an open collar. I look and sure enough, like everybody's looking, which I totally expected when I walk in. And within a minute, this little kid, probably like seven years old, runs up and hands me an anti-Catholic tract, like like a little um, like little flyer that's you know pretty much condemning me to hell and calling me the whore of Babylon. And he just and he just has him and he goes, um, "Will you read this?" And I look at it like within three seconds, I realize what it is. And I said, sure, little one. And I put it in my pocket. And then I kept on going about my business and he ran off. Um, obviously a parent like sent him up to go do this. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm standing there at the booth and within another minute, I feel this smack on my back. I turn around, there's just this homeless guy that just like, <laughs> he. Just, I, I don't think he, it wasn't like I'm mad. At, it was just like, I stood out so much that whatever mental illness he was going through, he, he acknowledged my walk over to me and smacking me on the back and then just kept on walking. And I was like, okay, I, I didn't take offense to it, nothing uh-huh. like that. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting all these, this guy comes up and he gives me a, hey, is your church doing things to save the planet? And he gives me this flyer about what time to have your water on, what time to have electricity on. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, yeah, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. We're, we're all about, you know, ecology and environmentalism. And so thank you for this. And thank you for thinking of me, you know, all these, and like every conversation I'm having, Having is is and and then even like the 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 Mexican group who's making my my juice like just huge smiles on their face the whole time mm-hmm. I like and I just thought this is it was just so beautiful like both both sides are just wearing a cassock around I thought well, I I need to do this more often but there there was and then I just went and got the juice and I I think there was kind of a again it, it was one of those things where I was trying to be normal have a normal day at a normal farmer's market and get juice like a normal person and get something to eat and something to drink and then go about my day. Um, but th- that culture just wouldn't accept that. Some people were really honored by it, like the people giving me juice. Other people were very you know, put off by it or just kind of shocked by it or whatever it was. Um, but it, it did, I, I felt very clearly those two things. How am I going to react to a homeless guy smacking me? You know, on the back, how am I going to react to a, a, a kid handing me an anti-Catholic tract? How am I going to react to, you know, getting all this attention? It, it was very like, I need to be a priest, but also I need to be very, very human. Mm-hmm. And, and both of those things, most of our society doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, those are yeah, those are really really good examples of it. And um and you know, I've I've definitely had instances in which people have in finding out that I'm a nun have tried very intentionally to provoke me. Um like either with their language or with you know, even I I had a family member who did this, you know, who just like said everything that they possibly could think of that would be offensive to my morality, basically. <laughs> um, and there's something about the lack of reaction that's also very good to give. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like a, I'm not condoning this, I'm not feeding into it, but also like, you're not going to rattle me because of this. Um, <laughs> and And part of that I think comes from what you're saying, Father Michael, is very much expressing a confidence in your priesthood and a confidence in your fatherhood. And that identity, knowing our own identity is how I think we're, that's what makes us able, I don't mean us as in you and me, I mean us as in Christians. Like if we can actually be confident in our identity, that's how we can live in the world and not of it. You know, uh, and, and going back to the letter um, Diognetus, the one that we did an episode on, uh, the letter to Diognetus mm-hmm. several episodes ago. Um, this this concept of like these were Christians who were just lay people mm-hmm. living in the world and not of it, and it's that confidence and identity that allows us to do this. Because like you know, you're talking about your secular friends, and and quite frankly, I talked about this recently too. But if if I know someone is not Catholic. I don't make them call me Mother Natalia. Like I typically, I I introduce not typically. I introduce myself as Mother Natalia. Um, but if someone says like, "Oh, do you do you prefer Mother Natalia or something like that?" Then then my response typically, if they're not Catholic, is like, "If you're comfortable with that, I prefer Mother Natalia." But if they just call me Natalia, like because they don't know. Um, but in my interactions with them. I know that I am called to mother them. And so that's what I'm desiring to act out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm acting out of my motherhood or trying to, even if that's not what they're calling me, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. So there's something. And that, that's that. what we, that's what we need to keep in mind. I think um, when we, when we who are, you know, representatives of the church by, by you know profession or by ordination or just by baptism you know when 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 somebody wears their cross i mean i think that's one thing we've forgotten is that you know in the early church when you got baptized you got a cross i mean you wore the cross and you and you wore it every day as as a witness to that there there was a reason for that your baptismal cross mm-hmm. um um and and again but nowadays a cross is i think most people especially like here in la would see a cross as Oh, this is a a militant, conservative Republican, evangelical who's also a bigot, and you know things like that. And it's and it, instead of not wearing a cross because of that, which I understand, um, and maybe there's a time for that, but I also think that that would be an opportunity again, like a priest or a nun sitting in a bar or walking through a farmer's market to say, "Look, I'm also human." Where where's the cross can say, let me actually begin to change your mind about the the mindset of someone who might be wearing a cross. Yeah. 
Um, that that reminds me of this this path this this quote in the Diary of a Russian Priest, the book that I did an episode on a couple episodes ago. Um, there's this. This is a shout out to the the Latins. Um, he he says, Father Alexander Elkaninov uh, says in the text, "Let him take up his cross and follow me." That's Luke nine twenty three. In the Latin, there is a word omitted in the Russian translation, quotidie, I'm guessing is how it's said, um, which means daily. So in the Latin, it says, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. And so so Father Alexander is just commenting on the thought of bearing one's cross daily. And so I think that's that's a really good reminder for us is because we, you know, I think we can we can often get this idea in our head of this is what my quote unquote cross is like this particular illness or this particular um, habitual sin or this particular, whatever, like this is my cross. Um, But my cross is not just this one thing that I'm like called to carry, but in fact, I'm called to pick up my cross and carry it daily. And uh, I think this is a good reminder for like, maybe that's a prayer for people who do wear a crucifix, you know, um, when you put it on in the morning or, or when you see it in the mirror in the morning when you're brushing your teeth or whatever it is to just remember that like today you're called to pick up your cross. Um, and, and to know that that's seen, which I guess, I guess that's um, my last point on that. There were two other frustrations I have with our culture that I didn't get to, but maybe that's good. Maybe that was going to just offend people and not actually be fruitful. But the, you know, I'm remembering something that you said a long time ago, Father Michael. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or in direction or what, but you said that there's this, you know, all things hidden will be brought to light. All things will be revealed. And you had commented that you think that as we grow in holiness, that starts to, we start to see a shift of where we dread that to where we desire that. Mm -hmm. Because it starts out of like, I'm doing all of these horrible things and I don't want them to be seen. (laughs) And um, And then it starts to be the things that are hidden are the virtuous deeds that we're doing without anybody knowing. And it's like, I look forward to to the day when, um, when I know that the the Lord sees this, like he does see it all the time, but I look forward to the day that like, I can really know that with great confidence and and receive the reward for that, you know? Um, and also the rest of the body of Christ will yes. know it. I mean, uh, the, the people I love and the people I serve without them knowing now, or they don't know how much I love them, or they don't know my intention by what I'm doing, or, you know, my wife doesn't, you know, she doesn't understand the reasons why I do these things and she sees them as negative things or as hurtful things while I'm, whereas I'm doing them for the right reasons or, you know, things, things like, I mean, all of those things will come to light and the, even the people that we do them for will understand them. And that'll be a really good moment. So yeah, the, the, the holier we come, the more we want things to be brought to light mm-hmm. because we do more good things that are hidden rather than bad things that are hidden. Yeah. Um, did you have any last minute thoughts? Before. No, I think that's, you know, I, 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 I mean, the one thing I've taken from this conversation that I'm going to reflect on a little bit more is, is how, how we who wear our Christianity on our sleeve, wear our faith on our sleeve, wear it publicly in whatever way that is, 
how we are both revealing our our transcendent desires, our desire for holiness, and the fact that holiness, and this is what I'm going to take from it, holiness also is an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Holiness, just because someone's holy, like, like the letter of Dignitas that you brought up, it, it means that they're going to do normal things and, and, and how our society does not expect that. I mean, it's, it's so true that I think most of my secular friends for the first few months that I know them would think that I'm pro-choice. They would think that I'm, I'm, you know, pro-gay marriage. They would think because it's like they, they, they don't expect that someone that they know and they have a good laugh mm -hmm. with, and someone they began to like and love, could have such a different ideology than the world, mm -hmm. and if it's such a different ideology than even than them. Um, so there's, there's a, a, a ministry in a sense that we do to our, to it's not only crazy people that 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 sit in basements and and you know write out you know vitriolic facebook posts that 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 are that believe that life begins at conception or or that um you know god created us in a certain way to have a certain purpose and we will be fulfilled and joyful and that and yet the devil is real and attacks us and wounds us and we sometimes give into those wounds and sometimes we're merely victims of them and all the things that come with a, a real life really lived um and i think that that's one of the the ministries that we have is to to how normal and and attractive being Christian really is to normal people. Mm -hmm. And well, hopefully the one day they'll say, I think the reason why I'm attracted to this is because I'm in the image and likeness of God mm -hmm. and that Jesus loves me and died for me and, and wants to welcome me into eternal life with him. Um, and that does not have to look weird. It does not have to look, um, you know, there's certain aspects of, of my life that God has been, okay with and he will be okay with and I can still be find joy in some things in this world while still being a completely faithful Christian. Yeah. Um I my my last thought on this would be like you're saying it's an it's an everyday thing. Um holiness is something we're called to live out in the the everyday um moments and similarly to that this concept of of choosing the good and doing the good, even when you think nobody sees it, I would also encourage people to see these times as times of training and times of practice. Of um, you're you're not typically going to be able to respond well in a situation if you haven't been in some sense training for it, right? And so it's like in in doing these things when we're on our own, it's good practice for the times when we're not and vice versa. Like for a lot of people, you know, the greater struggle is when we are alone. <laughs> and so um, take your time with others in which you're actively fighting against these sins as training for the times when you're alone and don't have necessarily that support around. And so I think both can be training for the other. Um, and, and, and I think we do, we've all had this experience, you know, where it's like, <laughs> even you know, road rage is actually a really good example of things like this. Like there are times where I've been so angry with the person who um, cut me off or something and I'm just so frustrated and I'm glaring at them. And then all of a sudden they look at me and, and I'm just like 
totally disarmed. And I'm like, this is a real person. And oh my gosh, you know, and like, and, and there's something, and there's something about just like, um, oh, I'm seen doing this. And, um, and, or even worse, if you've ever had that happen and it turns out like, this is a friend or this is a friend's mom or something like that. And you're just like so embarrassed and like, okay, well, if you're embarrassed by your reaction because they saw it, then probably there's something just objectively not right with the reaction. Um, and so uh, just keeping these things in mind as you're, I don't know, just trying to grow in self-awareness. Um, yeah, that it is seen and that should be good motivation for us. Amen. That's what I got. Okay. Uh, can I close with Please, things? That Okay. That works. Um, I don't remember the order we do things, but I'm going to start by saying things and then we'll give our prayer intentions and then you Perfect. can give us a blessing. So um, please check us out on Goodreads, Instagram, Facebook, Father Michael's Twitter at Padre Michael O. You can, um, it's helpful if you rate and review and say nice things on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on um the only one i know of is that like apple podcast that's the only one can you rate and review on that's other the things? only one that you can review on okay but you can rate on other things yeah um so there's that and um our website is what god is not.com our email address is what god is not podcast at gmail.com and then Father Michael and I have a nonprofit that um, supports the hungry, thirsty, naked, ill, imprisoned, etc. from Matthew 25, as well as um, some other Catholic ministry, Christian ministries and um, tithing to our eparchies as well. And that is Fotina, P-H-O-Tina dot org is the website. Uh, any other things? Nope. We're on YouTube. We have a Patreon. Um, I said YouTube, I think. I don't think you did. I think I did. We're going to go listen to the recording. Someone says it. All right. Cowboy, let us know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's the one I know. We'll check check it out and say something. Um, Andrew Whaley will support me. (laughs) He'll support you whether or not it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, great. Well, then um, I would like to ask for prayers for, since this is coming out on the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, if you could pray, please, for um, reunification of all Christians, but especially Catholic and Orthodox. Um, I just always think of Peter and Paul of just like, maybe they didn't like each other so much. But then in the icon of Saints Peter and Paul, they usually have their cheeks up against each other and it's really cute. And it's like, oh, they're in heaven and they're friends now. And that we can all just be friends. So pray for reunification. Amen. And um, I'll ask you to pray for, since this comes out at that time, I normally don't think like that, but I, I, I like that, that you know when this is coming out. So um, Father Nathan um, Adams and his wife, Allie, and their five little girls will be about ready to take the reins at Our Lady of Wisdom in in Las Vegas. And uh, so please pray for them and pray for um, Father Milan, his wife, Maria, and their little one who will be taking the reins in Cincinnati. Um, and please pray for, 
I guess I'll just all the others. I wrote this down. Uh, others at Our Lady of Wisdom. Oh, and other priests. At that point, Father Father Joel Bars has come to Denver. J- July first is a big, a big day, a big day for transitions in our eparchy. And Father Brian Escobedo is going to uh, retire to Florida, where he'll be helping out in parishes down there and and seeing his his family. So, lo- lots of good stuff um, for everybody involved. Just please pray for all of that. Great. Um, thanks, Father Michael. Thanks for putting up with doing like a thousand recordings in a row. It was very good of you. Yep, I'm I'm happy to. It's uh, and it's necessary, so that's good. I'm, I'm glad we didn't just it didn't all fall on you to record a bunch without me. I know. While I'm gone for the entire month of June, I was gonna do that, but I'm really happy that I don't have to. And our listeners will be very happy because, as awkward as I am with you, I would be so much more awkward without you, as they've seen anytime you've put down the headphones. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, and I love you, and I hope you have a great time in the Holy Land. And thank you, love you, love you too. Thank you, listeners. Oh, and we have we have one more that we're recording until before the Holy Land. Before oh I yeah, go, one or so. two actually. Yep, there's at least one. one. Or two, yeah. Um. I'm not going to announce what the next one is just in case it doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> but it might be one that people end up being really that, excited about. Uh, so, Amen. all right. Uh, Father, can you give us a blessing? Yes. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you treasure your role as a witness to the faith and in that way a martyr, a uh, an example of what it means to be one who has faith and one who is striving for purification and union with God, while at the same time allowing the the life of a Christian to be attractive um, to those who are are seeking truth and beauty and goodness without even knowing it. May you always be that light, that example, that earthen vessel with which Christ shows forth his love for others. May you be confident and brave in your examples. May you Um, always be proud of your faith and not ashamed of who Christ is. Um, And when you are ashamed, as we all are sometimes, may you uh, find repentance joyful and return to Christ and receive his great gift of forgiveness and of hope and building up. May our Lord um, bless you and me and mother in in our travels, in our various ministries over this next couple months and in every way. May he lead us all even to the salvation of our soul. May the Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.